Hi, this is Joel Knox from the Vineyard Church in Brenham, Texas. I'm so glad that you're interested in our podcasts. Our media is available to you free of charge, and it always will be. But if you'd like to help us out, you can go to our website, vineyardbrenham.org, and make a donation there. We'd appreciate it very much. Anyway, thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. That was Brad Paisley off his 2009 record, American Saturday Night, and the name of that song was Welcome to the Future. Oh my gosh. Well, I've been getting business about not doing current songs, and I do a song and nobody knows it. Oh, okay, so, okay, there's a few, there's a few in the house. Oh my goodness, wow. Maybe I need to need to start playing stuff off KSBJ. Oh goodness, I'm telling on myself. Uh, no, that was that was Brad Paisley's song "Welcome to the Future." It was off his his record uh, "American Saturday Night." Uh, <laughs> and it was it reached number two on the Billboard Hot Country chart, number forty two on the Billboard Hot One Hundred. Number 60 on the Canadian 100 list. And in 2014, Rolling Stone magazine ranked the song number 100 on their list of 100 greatest country songs of all time. Who knew? We did not. Yeah. Well, for those of you who don't know the song, he's talking about how, what it was like as a kid. He starts out and he's talking about taking a road trip and would have given anything on an eight-hour drive to have something to do besides just look out the, the car windows. And, yeah, check license plates. And then he talks about how he used to go to the arcade and play Pac-Man, and now he has all these games on his cell phone. And the whole thing is, welcome to the future. This is what we're looking at. And then in another course, he talks about how he talked to some, some folks in Tokyo. And, you know, it was just an immediate conversation. It was a, a, actually a teleconference, you know. And how many of you can relate to that? I mean, we've seen an amazing amount of change in our lifetimes. I think if you're above 25, you can really appreciate the fact that, that there's been a lot of change since, since you were a little kid. How many of you remember the, the rotary telephone? Okay. Do you remember? And was this your experience? You wanted to get some privacy because the phones were in the, like in the main parts of the house. And so you got a longer phone, phone cord so you could go into your room and shut the door. Remember that? Now we've got cell phones. Yeah, and, and it, it, I, I came along a little late for the party lines, but I remember calling my brother one time. He lived in an in a older part of Texas, and I was talking to him on the phone, and somebody got on and was like, when are you guys going to get finished? And I, and I was like, what just happened? And he said, oh, sorry, we got party lines out here. And I, I'd never had that happen before, and, and I really haven't had it happen since. But it was, it, you know, it was, it was pretty, pretty unique. But I think we've all, can, we, can, we can talk about the kind of change that we've seen in our lifetimes. Last week I was talking to my mom, 
And she was telling me just a little bit about the kinds of things that she's seen. She's 88 years old. And, you know, I started thinking about, like, what it, how things have changed since she was a little girl. Whenever the, the Cubs won the World Series, there was a, a big, long article about what was, was going on. Was it 1914? Was that when they, they last won the World Series? And they were talking about all the 06, e- even farther. And, you know, it was the, the differences in then and now. Just amazing. Well, we're living in, in a future time. And I think we, you know, there, there have been some allusions made to that about in, in, in Revelation and in, in some of the prophets about the time that we're living in, how that, that there would be an explosion of technology. It wasn't the word technology, but it was a, an explosion of knowledge. And we've seen this explosion. I mean... I I forget who it was that was talking about the fact that you know they the the whenever the the first rocket went to the moon and the computer that it took to get them there was it it, it filled rooms and we've got more technology on our cell phones now than was actually on that spaceship you know it's it, it's it's mind boggling but if if we believe what the scriptures have to say time is moving towards its ultimate conclusion. Wouldn't you agree? And so, at this point in time, those of us who believe in Jesus, who trust in His Word, we need to trust His ultimate plan for humanity. When Jesus began His public ministry in Galilee, He came saying, the time has come. He said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Now, what was this good news that Jesus was talking about? The kingdom of God, His rule and reign was here and was, is available to mankind in the person of Jesus. That's what He was saying. That's what He meant. And in in other words, His kingdom is here. The future broke into the present. The kingdom is here. The concept of the already and not yet of the kingdom of God is what we teach here in the vineyard. If you've been around any any length of time, you've heard it said whether it's the already and not yet or the now and the not yet, it's the same thing. We're talking about a kingdom that has come to us, but it's also still coming. It's not here in its fullness yet, but it's come. So, When we talk about the kingdom of God, we know it's a present reality. The Apostle Paul told the Roman church, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. This is something we can experience now. And for those of us who believe in Jesus, I think we've all experienced it in in different ways. Maybe it's through someone praying for a, a need that you have. Maybe it's, it's been through reading a scripture and, and feeling the comfort that comes from the Holy Spirit because you read something that was true and it applied to your situation and you feel that comfort. The kingdom is here. But the kingdom of God is also a future reality. I think we all can agree that 
Everything is not perfect in the world. Right? I mean, look around. It's not perfect yet. In the parable of the sheep and goats, Jesus described the day of judgment. And He told us what it would look like. He said, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. This is something that we're looking forward to. It's an inheritance, something that God is going to bestow upon us. So it's, it's what I think we would call a paradox. The kingdom is both a present and future reality that is connected to the person of Jesus. The kingdom of God is also based on Jesus' kingship, His right to be king. In Mark chapter 10, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Now, what, what did He mean by that? When we're talking about receiving the, God, the, the kingdom like a child. What is it that, that you've noticed about children? They trust you. If you tell them that, that Santa Claus is bad, they're going to think Santa Claus is bad. If you tell them that, that everybody should go to church, they're going to say everybody should go to church. It, it's just, that's just the way they are. They, they trust. And if we tell them something that's true, they're going to believe it. If we tell them something that's not true, they're going to believe it. But they trust. And when we talk about Trusting God for the kingdom. In order to enter that future realm, we must submit ourselves in a perfect trust to the rule and the reign of the Father. So the, the, my title this morning is Welcome to the Future, the Kingdom of the Now and the Not Yet. I'm continuing our, our series. This is the last in the series. But when we talk about the kingdom of being now and not yet, and this was kind of what I was getting, getting to during, during worship. Yesterday morning, I, I, I got up, and one of the first things I try, to, try not to do is go to my phone and see what happened overnight while I was asleep. But yesterday was one of those days, and, I, and I've also graduated to readers. So I already had the readers on, already had my phone, and so it was like, well, I, you know, I'll see what's going on. And, and there was a very old and dear friend of mine who had posted a, a video clip of her grandmother. And I, I need to explain to you, um, whenever her grandfather passed away, my dad and two other men in the church stayed watch while his body lying li stayed in, in our church in the little town where I grew up. And uh, when my dad passed away, his body lie in state, but all the men that were around when, when, when Benny passed away had already graduated to heaven. And so, so we had to leave Dad there in state by himself. Well, I heard that, that uh, Maxine, well, I saw this video, and I, and I, I thought that, that she had passed. And, and, and I, I started offering condolences, and I remembered this, this thing of when, by, when my dad was there for, for her grandfather. And then 
I, I, was, I, I just spilled all this stuff out, and then she sent me a message later that she's actually in hospice. She hadn't passed away yet. But, you know, even with that relief, there's still that, that, that expectation that, that one day she's going she's gonna to pass on. Well, we can talk about the kingdom of God, and we can talk about the fact that Jesus is coming. We can talk about the fact that, that every sickness and every disease, that every ailment is going to be healed. But we also know that people still die. That people still get sick. That there are things that just are not right. There's injustice in our world. And we know that things will be right at some point in the future. But now, we're in that in-between time. In the Gospel of John... There's a story about a time when Jesus went through Samaria. Now, if you, if you know anything about the, the, the Samaritans and, and the people of Israel, you don't normally go through Samaria. If you needed to go north or south, you went around. Because they, they, they didn't consider the Samaritans to be on the same, same level of them as, as people. Well, Jesus purposely went through Samaria. And He also purposely went to a well. And there just happened to be a lady who was coming out to get, get, her, get her water. And they carried on a conversation. And, and I mean, everything Jesus was doing, it was breaking every taboo that a Jewish man would observe. He went to Samaria. He was in a public place and he was speaking to a woman in a public place. No, 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 don't do that. Jesus, no, this is not acceptable. But he, he went there and he spoke to this woman. And in the course of their conversation, Jesus told this lady, a time is coming and now has come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. Now this isn't a conversation with a Jewish woman. This is a lady from Samaria. And for all Jesus knew, she may have not had any kind of exposure to the Jewish faith, let alone the gospel of Jesus. God is spirit, and His worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said... I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. And when He comes, He'll explain everything to us. And Jesus replied to her, I, the one speaking to you, I am He. Now you want to talk about a paradox. The future crashed directly into this conversation. She was looking to the future in hope that maybe one day the Messiah might come and then she actually meets Him while she's gathering water. The, the redemption from the future broke in for a person that society had rejected. Now, even though Jesus revealed this to her, she was still an outcast. But Jesus told her, 
it's not always going to be this way. The kingdom had come, but it was still coming. God is making and will make everything new, both now and in the future. That's the truth. That's what we hold on to. Because Jesus came, everything changed. But it hasn't all changed yet. People get sick. People die. People get healed. The kingdom is here, and it's still coming. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus was accused of delivering people who were demonized by the power of Satan. And He explained that the kingdom of darkness could not attack itself. The only option left was that it was God's work to set people free from the demonic activity. And He told them, if I'm casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived. The kingdom was present. And the the authority that Jesus exhibited in in teaching and dealing with evil spirits distinguished Him from all the other teachers of His day. Jesus pointed to the fact that He cast out demons and and that the word there was like the finger of God. This is no big thing. It's it's not a big thing. God was all-powerful and He was doing it just like a flick of His finger. And it was proof that the kingdom of God was present in the person of Jesus. The, now, the, the not yet of the future kingdom is available here and now, but not entirely. It's still coming. But just because it hasn't come all the way, we can, that doesn't mean that we have to stop asking, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom break in. When we pray and ask God to deliver someone who's in, 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 in some kind of sickness or in their, some kind of situation, we can still ask, Lord, come, bring your kingdom and break in and break the chains of bondage and set people free. That's what we've been called to do. We don't have to just put up with the fact that sin and darkness reigns. We actually have, we have some tools at our disposal that we can, we can break those chains through the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't have to put up with what the devil does. Whenever we, we hear that someone is going through a hard time, we don't have to just throw up our hands and say, well, maybe one day God will make it right. Maybe God one day will break in and everything will be okay. We can actually pray and ask the, Lord, the Holy Spirit to come and break the chains of bondage. And that's what, that's what our hope is, is that the kingdom is here, that, that the Holy Spirit is powerful and He's working and he, he wants to do more than we really can imagine that He wants to do. But, but there is this tension, and we, 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 can't, we can't deny the tension that exists in the fact that the kingdom, it's still coming. It's not all here. It's, it's not here in its fullness. Violence and corruption still exist in places of, in, in place of, of peace and justice. I mean, you can look around and, and just see that the, the kingdoms of this world are still 
doing just like they always have. Unity is under attack on all fronts. So how do we deal with the reality of living in the not yet of the kingdom? The Apostle Peter addressed this question in his second letter to the early church. I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come, mocking the truth and following their own desires. Sound familiar? They will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From, the, from before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise. As some people think, no, He is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but He wants everyone to repent. Have you ever just asked the question, why didn't the Lord just let the kingdom come all at once? I think that was kind of the question in, in Jesus' day. Lord, why did you decide to do it that way? You know, and let it come just a little bit and then wait for the fulfillment later. Why couldn't you just let it just come? And when we get frustrated, whenever we have to answer questions, well, why, why does the Lord allow people to get sick? Why does the Lord allow people to go through hardship? Why does the Lord allow bad things to happen? I wish I had an answer. But according to what Peter says, the not yet of the kingdom demonstrates God's mercy. While I was preparing this, I ran across some verses in Jude. And I, I, I think it's cool to be able to stick some, some Jude verses in every now and then because, you know, it, it's like that, that forgotten book of the Bible almost. But in, in verse 20 of, of the book of Jude, and, then, and Jude is, uh, I, I think he's Jesus' baby brother. I, I, I don't know if that's a mischaracterization or not, but for now I, 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 I'm going to call him Jesus' baby brother. So... Um, but you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith and pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and await the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourself safe in God's love. You know, whenever I was in high school, I decided that I was going to, my senior year, I was going to, I was, I was known as a Christian. I'd been, I, I was openly speaking of my faith throughout high school. My senior year, I decided, you know what? I, I've, I've been good too long. I'm going to just have fun and I'm going to, I'm going to do everything that my friends are doing. And I would go out and I would do everything my friends were doing. Then I would come home and I'd lay down in the bed and I'd, I'd, I'd spin it around and, you know, the ceiling looks like it's, just rotating, and I was like, dear God, please don't come back tonight. <laughs> I did. 
And, and there were a few times, you know, I, I'd, I'd wake up after, you know, these, these little benders and, you know, it, it's just being honest, and uh, I, I'd wake up, you know, after I'd slept a little while and, and then, uh, you know, the room's not spinning anymore, and so I, I'd get up and I would go peek in my mom and dad's bedroom just to make sure they were still there. <laughs> And, and the truth is, you know, the fact that God didn't come back that night was, was mercy. And I think we all can, can think about times whenever we were not necessarily where we needed to be. And the Lord showed us mercy. And, and, and that's part of the, the issue too about the kingdom coming all at once. God is, is, is holding off returning because he's, he wants everybody to get an opportunity to get in. Jew and Gentile, Protestant and Catholic, doesn't matter. He's, he's trying to make every opportunity so that we can get in and be part of his kingdom coming back to earth. And Jesus said that his kingdom would come whenever the Father said it was time. So in the fullness of time, when, whenever the Father says, go get them, son, that's when the kingdom will fully come. So we're left then with this tension of this in-between time. And one of the things that, I, I've, that really drew me to the vineyard whenever we, we first discovered this movement was this, this talk of tension, holding things in tension. You know, one of the things we talk about is that we're, we're holding, you know, the, the best of being Pentecostal and the best of being evangelical and trying to hold those two things in tension. Now, think about that. I mean, if, if you came from the group that I came from, the Pentecostal side, you know, it, it's real easy to swing all the way over to this side of the pendulum. Holy Spirit, come, run around, jump on the, on the seats and, you know, and, and, and just, just go crazy. But let, let's, let's hold the best of that, that expectation of the Holy Spirit, in tension with studying the Scriptures. What does the Scripture have to say about this? What does the Scripture have to say in, in terms of, of doctrine, in terms of theology? Holding those, those things together and in, in that tension, we find that there's, there's a strength in the middle because it, it keeps our course straight. You know, we're not going in, in, into to one side or going to the other, but we're staying in, on a straight course. And that leads us to a place that we feel like, this, I think this is what God's doing. You know, does anybody else think like that? Well, I, that, that's, that's how, I, how I feel. And, and, and it's, it's, it's what I've seen in the experience. And, and it's the same thing when we're talking about the kingdom of God. This expectation that, that the kingdom has come, but it's also coming. It's very important to, to embrace that tension. Because, you know, there's been folks that come along and said, the kingdom's here. The kingdom's here. It's, it's now. I mean, you, you, you Name it and claim it, brother. And you can have everything that the Lord wants for your life. Really? You know, and there's some people, they, they, that's what they teach, and, and, you know, and I think God will kind of sort it all out when it's over with. But, but at the same time, those who are saying that the kingdom won't come until Jesus returns are also missing out. 
Because we can actually pray now and see God heal. We can pray now and see people delivered from all kinds of bondage. And I'm kind of repeating myself, but, but this, is, this is what we do when we, we embrace that tension between the now and the not yet. We're waiting, but we're not just waiting. We're participating in what God wants to do in the world where we live right now. The concept of the now and the not yet of the kingdom of God, it's, it's a mystery. According to George Eldon Ladd, the author of the Gospel of the Kingdom, how many of you took that class when we did it? I, I look forward to doing that class again. But George Eldon Ladd, and I, I think we've probably done more in the vineyard than he ever expected whenever he was, he was writing his theology, but that's another story. The biblical idea of mystery is something that which has been kept secret through times eternal, but is now disclosed. As we draw near to the return of Jesus, I feel like the Holy Spirit begins to reveal a little bit more of the, of, of the secrets of the kingdom. And He begins to reveal Himself just a little bit more and we begin to see more of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, sometimes in the United States we don't see it as much. But if you keep in touch with, with ministries that are going on in, in Africa and in other third world countries, I mean, the, the stories that they tell will just absolutely astound you. I, there, there's a, there's, I think I told you about the, the pastor that I keep up with on, on Facebook. It, it, it's, it's really funny, and I, I think we've kind of figured each other out now because he used to like, send me a message right before I went to sleep, you know, and he was just waking up in the morning. And then I would reply to him you know, whenever I got up in the morning and they were getting ready to go to bed. So, you know, but, but he, this, this little pastor, you know, and, and I say little pastor because he's probably not little, but... It was it was so funny, and he 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 um, he was going out to preach. It was on a Monday. He was going out to preach, and he, and he just sends me this little message. He's like, "Pray for me. I'm going out to speak, and may the the Holy Spirit bless our service." And I was like, "Okay." So I said, "Come, Holy Spirit." So I hadn't heard from him in a couple of days, and so I sent him a message. I'm like, hey, how did it go? And he said, oh, it was wonderful. 30 people gave their lives to Jesus. We baptized a bunch of people. And, and, and it was just like, wow, 30 people in one day? You know, of course, I mean, we, we understand our little perspective. You know, we've got a, we've got a church that, that's, you know, there's, what, 85 of us? And, you know, it's like, man, it, it would be great if we just had one person to come forward and ask, ask, ask for salvation. But, you know, and, and, and then I, there's another pastor that, you know, I, I, I keep in touch with these guys, and they're, they're telling me about the stuff that they're doing. They're baptizing people. They're, 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 it, it's, it's amazing. The Holy Spirit is moving. And we really need to get involved with what He's doing. We really need to participate in what He's doing, how the kingdom is coming. Jesus often used parables to reel the, the, the truth of the kingdom to His closest disciples. And in the Old Testament, the, the prophets, whenever they received a word from the Lord that was spoken in, in, in judgment of kings, leaders, and ordinary people, to an Old Testament prophet, the coming of the kingdom of God was a single event. They, now, as, as an Old Testament prophet, the Lord might show them something, and they didn't know if it was going to happen 
one day later or hundreds of years later. They, their, their perspective, all they saw, they, they, they had no, no idea in terms of how long it would take the Lord to, re, to fulfill whatever it was that He showed them. And so whenever they, they, they would prophesy, they talked about the day of the Lord. And they just knew that that would be fulfilled one day. Well, John the Baptist was considered one of the last prophets, Old Testament prophets. And you can tell a little bit by how John, the way that he preached, and whenever he saw Jesus come on the scene, you know, he, he saw Jesus as the fulfillment of all these prophecies. Well, we read a little bit later that John was, was, was speaking to Herod, and he was telling Herod to, um, to give up on that, that uh, what was it, his brother's wife. And so he's, he, he's, he's pretty hard on, on Herod, and he's like, you're living in sin. And so finally he said, I don't want to have to listen to you, so he put him in prison. And while he was in prison, the girl that, that Herod was hanging out with, you know, he, she finally just had him, had him put to death because they didn't want to have to hear that what they were doing was wrong. But while John was in prison, we have this story in the, in the book of Matthew. He's in prison and he sends his, his servants, his, his disciples, to Jesus. And so John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, and he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one that is to come, or should we expect somebody else? You know, he, he, was, he, he was thinking of the kingdom coming in the terms of, of an Old Testament prophet, that it was all going to come. The day of the Lord was going to come. The Messiah is here, so where's the day of the Lord? Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect somebody else? Jesus replied to these disciples, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Now I said that Jesus spoke in parables and the way that Jesus explained that the kingdom would come, he said it would be like a mustard seed. You remember how he, he talked about the mustard seed? This small little seed would one day become this huge tree that birds of the air would light in and that, that it would have, have all this cover for shade. And that, that it would be this, this, this grand thing that, that everyone could just look at and marvel. And he also said that it was like leaven in bread. You remember that? I mean, leaven, what, what, what is it about yeast? It, it, just, it just takes over. If you, you have a lump and then you put the yeast in there, it, just, it, it takes it over. And the next thing you know, you've got this, this, huge, this, this huge loaf thing that, you, know, that you, oh, you, you can just put it in the oven and cook it. Bake it. Sorry. And what, what he meant by that was that, that the kingdom, instead of coming in, in, this, in this great day of the Lord that the prophets looked forward to, it would actually come secretly. And it would completely 
overthrow the kings and kingdoms of this world. So you can imagine for John his surprise whenever Jesus was revealed as the Messiah, but there was no fire and brimstone. There, there were no signs in the sky. There, there, were, there were none of the things that, that he knew that would, would be the sign of, of the end of the world. Jesus will ultimately, ultimately deliver mankind from the power of sin and death when he returns. And we need to prepare ourselves for that, that great and, and glorious day. The tension of the now and the not yet purifies us and prepares us for Christ's return. You know, it's easy to, to kind of give up on something if you have to wait for it. Jesus told a, a parable about that. There were some, some servants in the house, and the, the master went away, and so they didn't take care of their business while he was gone. And so whenever that master shows up and the house isn't taken care of, what would the master do to those who were not being faithful? He'd kick them out. They're, they're, they're done. See you later. And then we also have the parable of, of, the, of the virgins with their lamps. Remember that, that parable? They have their lamps and so they, they're, they're waiting for the bridegroom to come. And there were some who made sure that they had plenty of oil. And they kept making sure that they had plenty of oil. And then there were the others who were like, oh, don't worry about it. it he's not coming. It's going it, to take him forever to get back. And when the bridegroom finally showed up, the ones who had been preparing and had all the oil, they were prepared. And then whenever the, the, other, the other virgins wanted, hey, can you, can you spare some oil? Um, well, we don't know if we'll have enough. So I'm sorry, you, you should have prepared too. And that, that's really the, the case that we're dealing with. This tension of waiting, it purifies and prepares us for Jesus' return. We can't look around and see the signs that, that Jesus is going to come back. The Apostle John said, Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. All who have this hope in Him purify themselves, just as He is pure. And the question I want to ask this morning is, do you have that hope? Do you want that hope to be yours? You know, when I was a kid, the preachers that, that I grew up under would say, you know, if you were to drive out of here tonight and, and that unforeseen car wreck happens or that un unforeseen event where you, God will require your life, will you be ready? And man, I can't, I can't tell you how many times I responded to those kind of, of appeals. But... I'm not going to do it that way this morning, but if you're in a, in a place where you, you might have, have just kind of taken it for granted and, you know, everything kind of seems like it always has. And, you know, they're, they're, 
why am I even doing this Christianity thing anymore? You know? Or maybe you've just kind of slipped a little bit and there were things that you used to do and, well, you know, I was younger then and, you know, I allow this hope to purify you. Jesus is coming back. And when, when He returns, we want Him to recognize us because we've, we've been faithful and we, we've loved Him and we've, we've served Him with our lives. Well, that's, that's pretty much it. Can we stand?